You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody. Today is the day. It is draft day. The first round of the draft is tonight. And this is the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. So, I am going to go ahead and guess that there are a number of you that are listening to a Vikings podcast for the first time in a while. Welcome back to the misery train, of course. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the Timberwolves and Twins and whatever's going on with the Wild. So, if you have not been paying attention to anything going on in the draft, A, congratulations. B, I am here to catch you up on everything. We are going to cram for the draft. For those of you who have been here, love you all. Thank you so much for hanging out for all the Mock Draft Mondays, all the Twitter Tuesdays, which we will continue to do Twitter Tuesday all year round, of course, um, and all of the other things that we have been talking about here. But a lot of this might be repetitive to you, so apologies for that, but I hope you all enjoy the draft. Now, how we are going to do the draft here on this show is really exciting. A, the Locked On Podcast Network will have a live show up on, I think on Periscope, it'll be on Twitter. If you follow my Twitter account, you'll see uh, all sorts of plugs for it. Also, if you follow the Locked On NFL Pods Twitter account at Locked On NFL Pods, you'll be able to find all of that stuff. So you'll be able to find me on that show, breaking down the Vikings pick whenever they make it. Uh, you'll also be able to find me on the Discord stream if you are on Discord and you would like to follow and you are part of the uh, other Vikings Discord, I guess. There's the Locked On vikings discord there's our community which uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes there's another vikings discord which i'll also link in the show notes this time uh because i will be on a stream there from i think picks five to ten you can also find me on day two on uh climbing the pocket stream they will have some stuff going on so you can find me bouncing around all sorts of live streams and if you follow me on twitter i'll be uh shooting out all those links whenever they come um also there will be a show every single morning of the draft which means tomorrow morning i will put up a show breaking down whatever happens on day one on uh saturday Saturday morning, I will break down day two, and on Sunday morning, I will break down day three. Then Monday morning, I will break down the undrafted free agents and kind of do a general draft recap, what I think about it, you know, kind of more philosophical stuff. What about the trades? Were they good and all that stuff? Um, and then I am going to take uh, a week. So if you are a commute listener uh, and you are going to miss out on all those shows on the weekends because you don't listen to podcasts on like Saturday mornings or whatever, um, you'll just have some shows to catch up on. But otherwise, I will basically do the Monday show with all the undrafted free agents. And then the following Monday, I will return and we'll start our, our summer content. This is a year round show. However, I'm just taking a week off for, for rest because we have done a lot of work here on the draft. So here's everything you need to know about the Vikings headed into this draft. Now, if you remember, the Vikings have an offensive line problem. They also have a defensive line problem. Now, they did some on the defensive line in free agency, but they need an edge rusher really bad. So they need offensive line. And because of the kind of uh, liquid status of Ezra Cleveland, he played right guard in 2020. He played left tackle in college. I think he should move back to left tackle. The Vikings are kind of keeping that option open 
open. They've been very adamant about how they're going to see how free agency and the draft go before they decide if Cleveland is a tackle or a guard. And basically what that enables is you can just look and say, I'm going to take whatever the, whoever the best offensive lineman is. If that's Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama, and we move him to guard, so be it. Ezra Cleveland goes to tackle. If that's uh, Elijah Vera Tucker or Penny Sewell or somebody, and we want to keep him at tackle and keep Cleveland at guard, we'll do that. So that is the, the sort of strategy with offensive linemen. Every lineman is on the table. And if you listen to yesterday's show, I went over all of the offensive linemen that are currently kind of the agreed upon ones in the top 40, which there are eight of them. There's a, a very top heavy offensive line class. Um, I went over all of them in a lot of depth. So go, go listen to that one. So we're going to talk. I will recap some of the bigger names uh, later in the show of offensive line. If you don't want to listen to that whole thing, and we'll also talk about the defensive line, but there's also quarterbacks. Quarterback is not off the table for the Vikings. Now, I personally think that they're really attached to, to Kirk Cousins, and they're not very motivated to get a quarterback, which I think is kind of unfortunate. Um, but if one fell to 14, it's absolutely an option. Um, and there are three players that that's like possible with, because the first two players in the draft are going to be Trevor Lawrence out of, out of Clemson. He's going to go to Jacksonville, and Zach Wilson out of BYU is going to go to the Jets. That's basically all, the ink's all but dry on those. And then the next three quarterbacks are in no particular order, Mac Jones out of Alabama, Justin Fields out of Ohio State, and uh, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Those are the next kind of three. The 49ers are going to take one, and then some trade-ups might happen. The Lions might take one. The Panthers might take one. They just have Sam Darnold right now. Somebody might trade up. So a lot of stuff can happen kind of between picks three and picks like eight or nine before it really is in reasonable trade-up range for the Vikings. Personally, my opinions on those guys, I've also done an episode in much more depth, so go listen to that if you want to know more about those three guys, but my opinion is real quick. Mac Jones uh, is a point guard. He doesn't have the best arm. He doesn't, you know... uh, zip like 15 yard outs to the other sideline very well uh and and he his accuracy gets a little bit worse as it goes on he had a kind of a rough pro day throwing deep as well um but he's very very cerebral and he does a lot of good pre-snap work which makes post-snap work easier so a lot of the throws he did end up making in alabama were very easy and i i think he loses more credit for that than maybe he should um but he isn't like a dynamic talent he does get rid of the ball quickly which will help kind of uh reduce pressure rates uh but when when pressure does come, he doesn't have a lot of ability to scramble. He's, he's kind of a statue back there. So he's kind of an old school quarterback, kind of the, you know, the old 2000s style of quarterback that's a little bit out of fashion right now. Uh, Trey Lance is very much in fashion. He's a runaround quarterback um, and he he doesn't like want to tuck it and run like he keeps his eyes downfield and stuff like that. Um, but he does have the ability to, which is really dynamic and to the point where you probably should design some plays around that. Um, and that's really exciting. He has an absolute cannon of an arm. I think of these three, his accuracy is the spottiest, but it's still pretty good. Um, and he's uh, I, I think the biggest issue for me with him is, is his accuracy throwing on the run. But if he could shore that up, he can be a really, really dynamic quarterback. He also played at North Dakota State, which is a run-heavy offense. He only played, I think, 17 games there, um, and he was 19 when he played them. So there's a, a whole lot of, like, do we actually know who this guy is? Like, I think he has less than 200 attempts or something on his entire college career. So there's a sample size issue. Um, and then the last guy is Justin Fields. You may have heard some weird dog whistly stuff about how he, like, doesn't care about the game or whatever. Block that stuff out. Focus on him on the field. He has, I think, my favorite arm in the class because it's strong and it's also 
also very, very accurate. He's kind of the best of both worlds of the other two quarterbacks. Um, he holds the ball for too long, but that's a conscious decision that he's making. I don't think it's a problem with him reading defenses. I think he's giving his wide receivers more time for routes to develop, and that's part of Ohio State's offense. Um, but it does invite more pressure. And when that pressure comes, he also has really good runaround ability, good you know scramble, improvisation. And of the three, he's my personal favorite. If the Vikings drafted Justin Fields, I'd be doing backflips. I wouldn't love Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I, I could probably be talked into it. So those are the three quarterbacks that could possibly happen at 14. There's also defensive linemen and offensive linemen. There's also a you know, cornerback is absolutely an option there. I think a three of the Vikings cornerbacks right now are uh, going to be free agents next year. So they will need a, cor- a cornerback and I would expect them to get some cornerbacks before the end of the fourth round. Um, they, they just need depth and some more like f- they have a long term need there. Pass catchers are totally in bounds for them. They just lost Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they cut Kyle Rudolph to save cap space. So they kind of are out of skill player. They could use a third wide receiver that would take a lot of snaps or a second tight end that would take a lot of snaps and compete with Tyler Conklin. That's something that's in bounds if, you know, somebody like Jalen Waddle fell, which probably won't happen, but that could ha- that's something that they should be considering. So there's very few positions that are like totally off limits. Like they wouldn't take a running back. There isn't really one that would go. They probably won't take like Christian Barmore because they are, are pretty set on the interior of their defensive line right now. He's a defensive tackle out of Alabama. The main two needs and, uh, you know, everything is you can address secondary needs in the first round and then address a, na- a main need in the second round. Like that's legal. You can do that. Um, but their main two needs are offensive line and defensive line. I'm also going to talk about trades, trading up and trading down. And I like to think about that as like stock trading sometimes because you're like trading value and trading risk and stuff. There is a lot of data that shows that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, nobody does that, right? No day traders actually beat the market, like only like 1% beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, and instead you should team up with Wealthfront. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for just you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day and freaking out about They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's all automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. You just need 500 bucks to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. Get started today. Okay, so for me... I think defensive line is a more pressing need for the Vikings than offensive line. And if you've been frustrated about the offensive line for years, you might be tearing your hair out at that. But hear me out, okay? For one, the defensive line on the edge is in worse shape than the offensive line is. The offensive line has uh, uh, Mason Cole, who I think can be at least a low-end starter, Bradbury, O'Neal, all guys on their rookie contracts. Ezra Cleveland will play one of those positions. Yeah, they need another guy, and that's definitely a position that could use a lot of help, but I would start Mason Cole over Steven Weatherly seven days out of the week. And right now, Stephen Weatherly and DJ Wanham, who also just is not ready to be a starter at all, uh, would be competing for the job if they don't get another starter there. Now, I think their first two picks are going to be some combination of defensive line and offensive line or vice versa. And I think the draft board enables both options very well. So kind of both things are available and it depends on who falls and who they like more. So let's talk about the offensive linemen, uh, which again, I went way in depth on yesterday's show. Go listen to all of that. Um, But 
In broad strokes, the top guys um, are Rayshon Slater and Penny Sewell. Those are the guys talked about as the top guys. They're not my top guys, but those are the guys typically mocked in the top. Rayshon Slater is a very, very safe offensive lineman. And I mean that in the best way. He's not like safe, but just okay. He's a very good athlete. He has a pretty high ceiling and he kind of has already reached it. He he kicked the crap out of Chase Young when Chase Young played him in 2019. He has very good technique in all the different ways. His scheme fit is pretty much scheme agnostic. He can fit any scheme. And there's just not a lot of negative to say about him, which is exactly what you want in a, an offensive lineman. Then there's Panay Sewell, who is a freak of nature. He's like 330, six foot six, and he moves like a ballerina. Um, and that is a really, really rare thing just as a human being. You just don't see guys like that all the time. Last time he played, he was 19 years old too. So there might be more development, more improvement to be had. And he played very, very well. He has a lot of really crazy reps of, you know, knocking guys on their ass. Um, he has a couple of technique flaws that I'm not a huge fan of. I think his balance could use some work. I think his footwork could be a little bit more consistent. Um, but he's okay. He's 19. That stuff will probably come. And he has a, a sky high ceiling. Personally, I prefer for Rayshon Slater. From what it sounds like, if you believe the rumors, and you probably shouldn't, but if you did, the rumors are telling you that the Vikings prefer Rayshon Slater as well and would consider trading up for him, which is a scenario we'll talk about later on in the show. A couple other guys that I could see going in the first round this is by no means comprehensive. Elijah Vera Tucker is my second favorite in the class. I like him better than Panay Sewell. I think he's more polished than Panay Sewell. Um, Vera Tucker has short arms, and that's kind of the biggest thing about him is that his arms are short. They're like 32 and a quarter inch or less than that, maybe. Um, and, and some people don't like that for tackle because you get a lot of uh, long-armed pass rushers that come into you, uh, but he already has the techniques really down pat to counter long-armed pass rushers despite his reach disadvantage, and so I'm not worried about it at all, um, but he could play tackle and he could play guard. He played one year of each at USC, so do whatever you want with him, um, and I think he's a very, very solid, very, very well-polished offensive lineman that could come in day one and probably be the best lineman on the Vikings. There's also Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. He played left tackle there. Um, he is a very powerful lineman. He's got a lot of anchor, and that's something I know you are all very, very thirsty for I'm I am right there with you. Um, he doesn't have the agility the Vikings typically look for, but it doesn't seem to matter because Virginia Tech asked him to make zone blocks a lot and he made them. He found a way, even though he doesn't have the typical athletic profile, his scheme fit would be just fine. My issue with him is that he doesn't really finish um, and in a very, very concerning way, uh, sometimes he'll kind of let up on a play before that play is over and his man will end up making the play just like based on having more hustle than him. And I know that's going to bother coaches a lot. Um, and he also has some footwork issues that I explained more in yesterday's show. Again, go listen to that. Um, so he's not my favorite in the class, but he's somebody the Vikings could consider um, and is probably somebody that, that's on their board somewhere, right? Those are guys in the first round. There are others. There's Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. There's a couple of Alabama linemen. There's a lot of guys that uh, could end up being a... a, a future Minnesota Viking by the time we talk this time tomorrow. But there's also the idea of defensive linemen, and there's also the idea of trading down or trading up, which we all still have to talk about. So we are going to get to that in just a second. I'm going to make sure I get all of that stuff for you all. But first, you can also bet on the draft. It's not too late. You can bet on like, I think it's over like 150 player props on like over under, where's this guy going to go in the draft? So Mac Jones, over under three and a half. Do you think the, the 49ers are taking him at three? Do you think they're taking somebody else? You can basically bet on that. Uh, you can bet on other 
draft props, like if Trevor Lawrence will wear a tie at the draft, like weird stuff like that. Um, and also stuff like who the first lineman off the board will be, who the first linebacker off the board will be. You can make all of those bets if you would like as well. That's at betonline.ag. It's free to set up an account. And when you make your first deposit, enter promo code locked on. That gets you a 50% welcome bonus in free play money. That means that for every $100 you deposit at BetOnline, you can get 50 bucks on top of it if it's your first deposit at BetOnline.ag and you use promo code LOCKEDON. I also want to talk to you about making sure you take care of your car. Do not let your car get neglected, especially as we head into rainy season in, in Minnesota. Uh, make sure your windshield wipers are up to snuff. If, they, if your windshield wipers are streaky, that could be really, really dangerous if it's raining really hard and you don't have the right visibility, right? And instead of going to a mechanic and saying, hey, I need my windshield wipers replaced, they're going to replace the whole dang system and overcharge you. You can get just the blades for, I think, like under five bucks at at uh, rockauto.com. If you go to rockauto.com, enter your make, your year, and your model, and then make sure you get the right length of windshield wiper blades, it's like $3.21 for a pair of windshield wiper blades, and you can reinstall them yourself and save a whole bunch of money. There's all kinds of opportunities for savings at rockauto.com because they don't upsell their retail customers as opposed to their wholesale buyers. So head on over to rockauto.com, and at checkout, there's a how you heard about us section. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you, because if you don't, I'm going to have to assume a new identity as a dock worker in rural Rhode Island, and I don't want to do that. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, so let's talk about the defensive linemen. There's two defensive linemen I want to really hone in on, and those are Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips. We'll start with Jalen Phillips, who I think is a much more polished prospect between the two. He has a, a really good, solid arsenal of pass rushing moves. He's very explosive. He has an unbelievable athletic profile. Probably should be a top five or ten pick in a normal situation. However, he uh, he played at Miami and then uh, UCLA for most of his college career. At UCLA, he had a huge concussions issue. And this is the big deal. Now, I looked into the concussions issue and it didn't seem like the concussions were the primary reason for him actually retiring from football. He retired from football after he had his third concussion. Uh, I think he's had three or four over the course of his college career. And so it looks a lot like he got too many concussions and retired, right? But what I think happened was he also had a deeply, deeply painful moped accident that broke his wrist and he had to have two surgeries on it. So he dealt with a ton of medical problems and you have to look into all of those things. But he also was 19 years old and just, I think, was kind of thinking about life and he kind of wanted to maybe pursue a music career. And so he kind of looked into that and he very quickly regretted it. And he actually, before the start of the next season, um, had gotten caught calls from a few different coaches, including UCLA coach Jim Mora, and he actually decided to transfer to Miami and resume his football career because he just missed it so much. He had to sit a year out for that, so it looks a lot like he got concussions and sat out a year and a half. He got concussions, sat out the rest of that season, had a kind of existential crisis, and then went through the transfer transfer portal. If you believe in his uh, ability to, to kind of stay on the field and you think he can have a like a good long career. He's probably the top edge rusher in the class. Personally, my favorite is Quiddy Pay, who out of Michigan, um, he has an absolutely ridiculous agility. He has a ton of motor and he wins a lot of pass rush reps on kind of effort alone, which is harder to do in the NFL, but I still think he can do it, but he doesn't pass rush with a plan. And that's the biggest kind of gripe about him is that his technique is very, very far from being finished. Um, I don't think it's as far as a lot of people say. I think he has good hand technique and, and there are some elements to it that he does have, but he needs to learn more pass rush moves. He needs to just kind of like have more of a plan. Um, and that's something that you'd kind of have to task Andre Patterson with. He's also very, very good against the run. I really love his run defense. I think he's very savvy and very smart about the way that he defends against the run. And then his agility can kind of take over. 
I love Quiddy Pay. He's a very likely first round pick, um, and I would love to be able to talk about him for for the next few months. Um, a lot of people aren't as high on him because he doesn't pass rush with a plan, but he still got reasonable pressure production at Michigan um, and just kind of on effort alone. So I personally would absolutely love the pick amidst a sea of a lot of people hating it, and I'm fine to die on that hill. So Jalen Phillips and Quiddy Pay are the two major edge rushers. There's a lot of second round edge rushers. Joe Tryon out of Washington is a very all around player. Super, super hyper athletic guy has some technique issues and and a little bit of rawness that he has to work through. There's Aziz Ajulari, who kind of has one really he's a lot like unique in Gakwe, where he has like one God tier uh, pass rush move and then kind of nothing else to his game. Um, But that that one pass rush move is going to get him. You know, it can get him somewhere in the league. Um, There is Peyton Turner, who I personally like a lot. He's a very powerful edge rusher and he has a lot of length. And sometimes in, in moments where it requires him to get all the way across the field. He's got the motor to kind of make up for his like big, powerful build. I talked at the end of last week in a lot of depth about all of these edge rushers, and that's not nearly the entire. There's also Jason Owe out of uh, Penn State, who's I think kind of similar to Quiddy Pay, but without the production. And all of these guys are kind of more second round type. So if you maybe drafted a first round uh, offensive lineman and then maybe traded up to get back into the second round, then get one of the defensive linemen, that's a permutation that can work. And vice versa can work as well. There's a lot of second round kind of second tier offensive lineman that should be available on day two if you can trade up and get one. So that seems to be the way the Vikings are probably going to handle this. They'll figure out what they want to do at 14. Trading up and trading down is totally on the table. And then as the second round progresses, they'll decide if they want to kind of use that ammo to trade up or just stand pat and pick a bunch of times in the third and fourth round. The Vikings have a ton of mid-round capital. So let's talk about trades. They have two third round picks and four fourth round picks, but no second round pick. So that's easy to kind of make change and, you know, maybe pack Package a third and a, a one or two of the fourth round picks, get up into the second round or get up higher into the third round, kind of go up and get your guy. That's a totally doable thing. And it depends on if they like the board enough, someone on the board enough to go up and get that guy. And, you know, we don't know what their board is like, so we can't really predict if they're going to do it. But here's the merits. So at pick number nine, I think is a, a really interesting place to watch because that's where the Broncos pick and our good buddy, George Payton, who, Rick Spielman's right hand man. Now the GM over there, there's a relationship and there's some talk about them being really into Rayshon Slater, maybe even one of the quarterbacks. If I think if there's a quarterback there at nine, the Broncos are just picking him, even though they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but in the world where Rayshon Slater is there and, uh, you know, the Broncos want to trade down, the Vikings could trade up. That's a place to to look. If Rayshon Slater makes it to pick nine, the Vikings trading up for Rayshon Slater is a move that I think they, they, they are considering. Um, there's also the idea of trading up just a couple slots. You know, if somebody is at, at a pick... 11 or 12 and they only need to move up a couple slots and they maybe want to make a deal with the Eagles or with the Giants. That's something that could happen as well. Um, There's also the world of trading down. And I think it's a much more attractive one because of the depth of the class in offensive line and defensive line. There's just a lot of guys. So if you wanted to trade down to say 21 with the Colts, 22 with the Titans, those are uh, teams who could be interested in a trade up for maybe one of the top edge rushers or if a cornerback is falling or something like that, go down a few picks and And then if you miss out on one offensive lineman, there'll be three more waiting for you. You can still get one of them, get maybe Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State or somebody like Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama, Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama, who I'm also pretty high on. Um, You can get those guys later on. You can probably get Leatherwood in the second round, honestly. Um, So you can 
maneuver the draft in a way where you move down from 14, pick up extra capital, then immediately use that capital to juice up your third round pick into a second round pick, and then select, you know, the other one of whoever you didn't get offensive line or defensive line. There's also a world where Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips fall to those kind of spots in the 20s. So that's sort of the thing we're going to see. Do they pick at 14? Do they trade up? Do they trade down? The Vikings Twitter account actually put out a poll. And last time I checked the poll as I'm recording this, it was like, dead even between those three options. So it's really interesting to see if the Vikings will pick at 14, who they'll pick, and if they don't, will they move up or will they move down? And now if they move down and then move back up into the second round, that is a situation I think everybody really, really, really loves assuming you didn't trade down past all the good offensive linemen. But that would be kind of impossible. There's too many good offensive linemen. If you move past all the defensive linemen, that's a little bit more possible. But if you're getting back up into the second round, the second round defensive linemen, most of them, I think are day one starters. And you might kind of notice there's a lot of permutations of this draft that I really, really like. There's only really two players that I don't like that are are like reasonable options in the first or second round. Gregory Rosso out of Miami is an edge rusher. I think he's all length, um, but he doesn't have the explosion to to get to the engagement quickly enough to utilize that length. He doesn't get to his spot fast enough to have an advantage making the first move, and that's where length comes in. So I don't really... Uh, know what his game is going to look like at the NFL. It's hard for me to see a successful game coming out of his particular style. Um, And he also kind of fell off a lot when his athletic testing bombed. If you want an edge rusher, you can get an athlete and you don't need this guy. Um, And on the offensive line, there's Samuel Cosme, who I've compared him to if Garrett Bradbury were six foot seven and a tackle. He does unreal things in the run game. He does really weird blocks where he can kind of uh, cover a lot of space, get a lot of range, scoop somebody, you know, three gaps down, really crazy stuff. And to the point where you can actually design plays around him, and that's really exciting. His pass blocking is atrocious and needs to be rebuilt from scratch. So if you like the way the Vikings have handled the offensive line lately, you'll love Samuel Cosme. I'm not a fan. For more depth on these guys, you can check previous podcasts. You can check a number of articles I've written on a lot of these guys, um, and you can check all sorts of other stuff if you want to keep cramming. But that should give you the basics. Offensive line and defensive line are the main two things. Other stuff isn't out of the question, but odds are odds on favorite is those two positions are addressed by the end of Friday and guys that should probably be day one starters. Otherwise, something's gone really, really, really wonky. There's a lot more draft coverage on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, on the Draft Dudes podcast, the Locked On Today podcast. We did a mock draft, the ultimate mock draft. All of us Locked On NFL hosts got together, did a mock draft, drafting for our respective teams. You can find that on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you find your favorite shows. Again, you can find me tomorrow talking about what happens here tonight on Draft Night. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you all uh, stop by to all the live stuff that I'm going to do. You can also find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. I will see you all on the other side. And as always, Skull.